Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, it's Labor Day. Good news, bad news day. The good news is it is Labor Day and a big, healthy, hearty thank you to America's tradesmen, laborers, electricians, carpenters, as my brother always says, the steam fitters, the tin knockers, uh, the, uh, the every guy who's uh, farmers, truckers, yep. men and women out there with their dirt underneath their fingernails who built this country. God yes, bless sir. you. Thanks for your hard work. Today's the day we acknowledge it. Um, so that's the good news. The bad news is uh, we are at um, we have a category five disaster, monstrous hurricane, oh, uh, Dorian sitting. I mean, there's a picture. Thank you, Paula. Uh, in case you want to know where I am, folks, if you look at that big uh, hole in the middle of the state in the south, at Lake, Lake O, Lake Okeechobee, uh, we are at the northern portion of that. And the hurricane uh, is about right now 100 miles offshore. Now, we're oh. hoping it takes that northern course. We will be here for you tomorrow. I'm here for you today. It's a live to tape show recording. On Monday, we didn't record this over the weekend. Um, we may record some snippets of tomorrow's show tonight, but I will be here for you. Um, you matter a, a lot to me. I'll give you an update in the hurricane, just so you know. It's windy down here; it's not bad yet, uh, but we're expecting some hurricane force winds tonight. Let's please pray this thing hooks north and pray again. It hooks north and goes out to sea. Um, I don't want to be spared at the expense of North Carolina and someone else. Go out to just go out to sea and yeah. disappear. Uh, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show, producer Joe. How are you today? Dude, I'm doing good, but I'm not on Hurricane Watch yet. Yeah, well, you, know? <laughs> you could be in Maryland, as we talked about before the show. Yeah. And I'm hoping, like I said, this thing hooks north and go, just go. Go out to sea and, and dissipate. Um, so we, we got that to talk about. I've got a lot of, I got some dis- really troubling video from Beto O'Rourke. I got a story oh. about the U.S. dollar and a big update on the Mike Flynn case, which has really turned around dramatically. We'll see where that happens. All right. Today's show right. brought to you by our buddies at Vincero Watches. Ladies and gentlemen, these are I can't say enough about these watches. Look at this one. Here's their rose gold. This is a beauty. Um, love this one. That's producer yeah, Joe's. This one is oh, mine, yeah. the rogue. This one's a beauty, too. And they yeah. just sent me the altitude. Check that baby out. Now, that is a watch right there. Blue face, leather band. Thank you. It is sharp. You're darn right. Everybody was staring at it when I was out this weekend. Vincero's had a sale going on. It's the biggest sale of the year. The more you shop, the more you save. You could literally save hundreds. This only happens once a year. Everything on the site is on sale. No exclusions. Even the all-new collection. This altitude, I'm telling you right now, guaranteed you will get compliments on this watch and people will think you paid five, ten thousand bucks for it. You won't. Nowhere close. Vincero just dropped two new collections and a line of men's wallets all on sale. Products sell out quickly on this Vincero site. They sell out. Do not wait. These are beautiful watches. When it comes to watches, it's the best bang for your buck you'll ever have the chance to get. You will never see watches of this caliber on sale. You can't pass up a deal this good. Vincero's hit the five-year milestone. They have over 17,000 five-star reviews. So you know what they're, that they're doing something right. If you've, never, if you've ever been wanting to check this brand out, there's never been a better time to shop. The watches are incredible. They offer free shipping worldwide. They're customer-focused. There's no excuse. Ladies and gentlemen, they have collections for men and women. Paula, you have your picture? Where's your picture? We need Paula's picture. Up there. She's got a beautiful watch, too. Took her mm-hmm. out for her anniversary this week, and a re- restaurant was empty. Uh, treat now, shop, forget. Folks, just check this out. I can't ask you anymore. Look at that watch. That is a sharp, that's the nicest looking watch. The weight to these things. Yeah, yeah I'm man. telling you right now, if you're paying $10,000 for some fancy name watch, you're wasting your money. You could get a watch that looks better 
for a fraction of that price at VinceroWatches.com. That's Vincero, V-I-N-C-E-R-O, watches.com. Use promo code Bongino to get 15% off. All right, let's get to the show. All right, another, we had, a, again, it's just been a bad news weekend, so we will have a show for you tomorrow. It may just be audio, but either way, it'll be on the YouTube regardless. It'll be, mm-hmm. uh, but we're going to try and do our best to get you this product out. It may be a trimmed down version of the show. We'll give you an update on what happened overnight. Um, ladies and gentlemen, we had another tragedy in Odessa, some lunatic uh, shooting up the town, stealing a mail truck, driving around. There was a 17-month-old uh, child that was injured. I mean, uh, just a savage attack in Odessa. Um, you see some of the reports this weekend. But it's just a couple things acknowledging law enforcement. This is an AP report. Police say they have no explanation yet for Texas shooting frenzy. Mm-hmm. The cops. This started at as a traffic stop. And I just can't express to you enough how dangerous this job policing is um, and, and, and and the bravery of the men and women who put their butts on the line every day. This started as a traffic stop. And think about what makes a traffic stop and the impending thing that happened afterwards. After the traffic stop, this guy went and shot up the town. When you go to a traffic stop and you're a cop, it's one of, outside of serving a warrant, it's probably the most dangerous thing you do. And think about why. Man. When you're approaching that vehicle, you are it is entirely unknown what's inside. That person inside the vehicle, there are two reasons they're dangerous, has two assets. So under reason number one, it's very dangerous. That person has two assets in that car. You don't. You're out of the car. You have to go to the window. They have cover and they have concealment. They have cover behind the mechanical structure of the car where they can see cover, cover, um, cover meaning it, it is some anti-ballistic properties. Um, car doors, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes can prevent, depending on the round, can protect you against some rounds. So they have cover. They also have concealment, though. Up until the minute that police officer goes up to the window, what that person's doing is entirely concealed. If they're f- fumbling around with a firearm and they're going to roll down the window and, God forbid, engage this police officer in, in a deadly event, you have no idea until you see them. Which leads to part number two of why they're so dangerous. Being a police officer is inherently reactive. It's not, you can't be proactive on a car stop. What I mean is you can't just start shooting because you think the guy's got a gun in the car. That's not the way police, it's inherently reactive. Mm -hmm. So the police officer walking up to the car, his reaction time is always going to be slower because the person in the car, if they're going to engage like this lunatic did with the rifle, he knows what he's going to do. The cop has no idea. So your reaction time is always going to be slower. It's very simple. If I know I'm going to punch you in the face with my right fist, I know what's going to happen. If I tell you that, you can react. You can be like, okay, I'll duck it. If I don't and I surprise you and you thought a left was coming and it's a right, you're going to walk right into the punch. Car stops are very dangerous. So again, I just want to send my, my, my thoughts and my, my, the, the highest possible accolades to police officers out there every day who really walk into these situations with uh, abandon for their own lives and, and secure the lives of others. God bless you, especially on this Labor Day. Yours, is that's your labor too. Your labor is putting your butts on the line for others. And they stopped this guy in a parking lot of a Synergy movie theater in Odessa, knowing full well this guy had just engaged with, a deadly, uh, with, with deadly force other people out there. God bless you. Deserve every ounce of praise you get. You're doing an amazing, amazing job. 
Now, having said that, of course, ladies and gentlemen, sadly, and it gives me absolutely no pleasure in saying this, just moments after this deadly incident, of course, we have political left-wing lunatic hacks with no desire whatsoever to solve this problem. Doing what, Joe? Jumping right yep. on the politics bandwagon. Sure. Um, I'm not even. I was thinking about putting together a rogues gallery of of Twitter. I mean, it was just in the insanity on the left. Again, we get the you guys are all murderers. Keep in mind, you, I, and the legal gun owners of America who are just looking to protect our families. Uh, we're not Johnny Rambo. Um, we, these are tools. They, we use them to protect ourselves and our family. God forbid we ever have to use them one day. And we all hope and pray we don't have to. We did nothing wrong, um, as usual. Uh, we're just looking to protect ourselves against maniacs and uh, maniacs like this. And Twitter was just a cesspool of stupid. Um, now, I encourage you strongly, ladies and gentlemen, to not underestimate these people. You know, I've been, it's not a time to mess around, so I'm going to avoid it because this has been, it's been a very serious weekend. And my, my, yeah. Everybody's under a lot of stress in my house. Um, Paula's very stressed out over this hurricane, it could be very dangerous for us. And so it's not really, this isn't like funny time. But civil liberties matter, ladies and gentlemen, and using these incidents to diminish and evaporate away your right, God-given right to defend yourself and your family is inexcusable. And I encourage you strongly to take these people at their word. What do I mean? Here's some audio video of, of Beto O'Rourke, who has... Um, Again, a, a child of privilege, uh, Beto, Robert Francis O'Rourke, who which is that's his real name. Um, so Beto is basically telling you, if elected or put in a position of power to implement that, that Beto is taking your guns. Keep in mind, ladies and gentlemen, you did nothing wrong. None. You own a firearm to protect yourself against lunatics like this guy in Odessa. Yet here's Beto this weekend. Do not dismiss this stuff. Telling you exactly what he wants to do. Play the cut. How do you address the fears that the government is going to take away this uh, assault rifles as you them if you're talking about buybacks? Yeah. So I, I want to be really clear that um, that's exactly what we're going to do. Um, Americans will who own AR-15s, AK-47s, will have to sell them to the government. We're, we're not going to allow them to stay on our streets, to show up in our communities. No, 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 no. We're not asking. Okay, Bito, child of privilege, Bito. We're not. I don't know where you're getting this from. We're not asking you for permission. Nobody is asking you. Nobody. You have no. Uh, you don't have Justice League like powers, some higher power intellect. You are a failed, fallible human being who blew it in his run for the U.S. Senate. You are a child of privilege who skateboards for a living and does hot yoga. We're not interested. Nobody is asking you. Nobody is. That is not a serious proposition. So just to be clear on what this guy's telling you, you did nothing wrong. You may own rifles. You may own pistols. Your, your rifles and pistols have never been used to hurt or harm another human being. You've, hopefully, you've never had to use them to protect your family either. You may one day. God forbid. You've done nothing wrong. And Beto, his solution to a, a, a killer, a homicidal maniac who went on the shooting spree, is to come to your house and penalize you, taking away your right to defend yourself against people like that. Mm -hmm. So just to be clear, 
a prior criminal who loses his marbles, shoots at police officers, kills people in Odessa, Texas, and goes on a rampage. Their solution to the problem is then to take away your right to defend yourself against people like that. Folks, do not ignore this stuff. These people aren't kidding. This insulated political hack is running to be the president of the United States. He just told you, make no mistake, we are going to buy back. What are you going to? I Listen, I told you already. I've said it on this show. Not me. Not me. Get a warrant. Come to my house. I love police officers at that case, but you're not taking them voluntarily. I will go out in the handcuffs. I'm not going to hurt anybody. I'm not interested in that. I'm not a violent person by nature, and I wouldn't hold it against the police officers at all. They're doing their jobs as well. I'm just telling you, I'm not giving you my firearms. Absolutely not. You forget it. It's not even an option. Get your warrant, and you can then come in and arrest me and execute it. I did nothing wrong. I am not forfeiting the right in a hurricane zone. God forbid we have days or a couple weeks of chaos to protect myself and my family because Mm -hmm. you want to be the president of the United States. As we can see in this little video playing in the background, if you want to check it out, but you can see even in in, uh, Hong Kong. This is what happened. I mean, you have these these uh, entirely, you know, unarmed, disarmed people. And what do they do? You get governments like what's happening in China right now, beating the crap out of people on tape. I'm not interested. This is really shameful what's been happening here, ladies and gentlemen. It's an absolute disgrace. You want to talk about ways to stop. Listen, we have a gun violence problem. I understand that. You want to talk about gun crime task forces, extra penalties, mental health screenings, better public awareness campaigns on the warning signs. Those will actually make a difference. Coming to the house of legal gun owners and confiscating their weapons while criminals tell you to go pound sand and buy them on a robust black market is about the dumbest, most counterproductive idea I've ever heard in my life. We're not asking, Beto. Nobody's asking. We're not asking you for permission. I don't know where you got that from. Mm Mm-hmm. Folks. uh, You know, he is who he says he is. Don't forget that. We said that last week. They are not kidding. They are who we thought they were. Yes, sir. To quote Denny Green. They are not messing around. Very important. Listen to them. Yes. All right. Um, I want to, I know we got sponsors. You got a stack show. You got, I've got a lot coming up. Don't go anywhere. I warned you about the canary trap. In case you regular listeners, oh, well, yeah? there's been some oh. breaking news. Yeah, so we're going to get into that. Don't go anywhere. I also got some potentially ominous, I don't want to be Debbie Downer, but some bad signs for the dollars of World's Reserve Current. Don't go anywhere. Stay the stack show. All right, I'm going to take a quick break for the second sponsor. Today's show brought to you by eToro. eToro. E-T-O-R-O. eToro. Go to eToro.com. The best way to be smart about trading cryptos is to use the smartest trading platform. I have eToro. That's why I'm excited to tell you about eToro. I've always been interested in, in uh, cryptos. I, you know, I was um, I needed the information. eToro.com is where I went. I'm glad I went there. eToro is one of the largest trading platforms in the world with over $1 trillion in trading volume on the platform per year. 
U.S. customers can trade the most popular crypto assets with extraordinarily low and transparent fees. And if you're not ready to trade yet, practice building your portfolio with the eToro virtual trading feature. Best of all, you can connect with 11 million other eToro traders around the world to discuss trading charts and all things crypto. I got to be honest with you. I got on. I was not the most knowledgeable about cryptos. I got on eToro. I would, it's very, very easy to use. Very easy. eToro.com. Highly recommended. Check it out. Create an account today at eToro.com. That's E-T-O-R-O.com. Building your crypto portfolio the smart way. eToro is cryptos made easy. It's Listen, it's the smartest crypto trading tool out there. They have low and transparent fees. They facilitate over a trillion dollars in trading volume per year globally. Try before you trade. You can do a, this is pretty cool. You can do a virtual portfolio with a $100,000 virtual budget. You can try it before you check it out with your assets. Connect with over 11 million other eToro traders around the world using social fees. Never miss a trading trend with charts, pricing alerts, and social feeds. Go to eToro.com. That's eToro.com. This ad has been sponsored by eToro. Make sure to check them out again, eToro.com. Okay, uh, moving on. So um, got some emails on this this week. Mm. We've been discussing for a couple of years now that if you were paying attention, you know, I, damn it, I wish I had this um, video today, audio. Um, we played it a couple times, but I'll sum it up for you. I'm sorry. We've just been with the hurricane. Paul and I, yeah. we want to get you a quality show, and it's taken a lot longer than usual because the power kept going out this morning. Hence why we that ad was done that way. There's this little slight blip we had to cut out there mm -hmm. <laughs> behind the scenes stuff, breaking down cool. the fourth wall because we have to click save. I don't want to lose the show for you all. But uh, a couple of years ago, we played for you Jeff Sessions at the time when he was the attorney general under Trump, obviously, giving a press conference where he was saying that there was going to be an effort to weed out leakers within the government. In other yeah. words, what I'm getting at is what I'm telling you is not some conspiracy theory. They did a press conference about it where the Department of Justice said, if you're a leaker in the government, there's a behind the scenes effort right now to weed you out. Now, through the course of two years, here and there, we've given you examples of where we think information that leaked was leaked intentionally the wrong way in a canary trap to weed out leakers. Now, some of the evidence we presented, and I think what I think is quite suspicious, because if you're going to do a canary trap where, let's say I think um, Paula's leaking information about the behind the scenes on my show, and I tell her, late next week we got this big special, but don't tell the audience what we're going to do. And I leak to Paula that we're going to do the special show on Tuesday. And then I leak to Joe that we're going to do the special show on Wednesday. Mm. And then it leaks to the press. Bongino, special show on Wednesday. I oh, know Joe was the leaker. I'm a snitch. Because I intentionally gave them. <laughs> right. Joe's a snitch. Joe was a snitch. He was Sammy the Bull, right? So I know that. I, that's what the canary trap is. Now, the essence of a canary trap to make it work, to trap leakers, yeah. is the information has to be somewhat believable. Yeah. That I'm going to do a special show is Joe thinks it's real, so he's willing to leak it because he thinks it's real. If I said to Joe, Joe, we're going to leak next week that I've traveled to Jupiter. Jupiter, not the town, the planet. Mm. Not Jupiter, just south of me in Florida. I've been to the planet, and I'm Ooh. telling you I've met the Jupiterians, and they're... You, Joe would be like, okay, Dan's crazy. Like Can't this, do you know what one, would baby. leak? Dan yeah. Bongino's crazy. That's what would leak. Not that the <laughs> yes. Jupiter. So right, the essence of a canary trap is the information has to be believable, so that someone has an incentive to leak it and look like the in the know guy or in the know woman. I promise I'm going to tie this into a recent story, but I want to give you some examples of what I think happened before. Canary trap piece number one. 
We had the Don Trump Jr. was was uh, was contacted by WikiLeaks with some code to access special information. Remember that story? Yep. What was the problem with the story? It was false. <laughs> the date they leaked about when WikiLeaks tried to reach out to Don Jr., he didn't respond, was after the info was already public. But the date that leaked was before. I know it's a little tough to follow, but I think about that. it. If yeah. I leaked to Joe yeah, yeah. A, a code to access cryptic emails and nobody has those emails and I leak it the day before it goes in the media, Joe has access to sensitive info. If the information leaks and a week later I give Joe the code to information he can read on USA Today, there's nothing there. There's no there there. <laughs> That's what happened. Somebody leaked to the media. Don Jr. got it, I believe, on November 11th. But the date was wrong. It was before the WikiLeaks. I think the date was wrong intentionally because they were trying to weed out in a canary trap who gave them that. Second story was the Mike Flynn story. And I'll get to Flynn and there's some big breaking news on that too. Sidney Powell's been just smoking out uh, the uh, Spygate colluders on this thing. Mike Flynn, the leak on Flynn. Remember Joy Behar on The View going, oh, Mike Flynn, they got yeah. busted. The leak on that that I think was a trap, was that Mike Flynn was asked to contact the Russians on behalf of the Trump campaign. Now, Mike Flynn was asked to reach out to the Russians, but not on behalf of the Trump campaign. Big difference. Yep. He was asked to reach out to the Russians when Trump was the president-elect as part of his incoming duties <laughs> as the national security advisor. In other words, he was doing his job. Bingo. And the media ran with the story because there was an element of truth, just like the element of truth was there with the WikiLeaks story. They did try to reach out to Don Jr. He didn't respond back. The element of truth in this was Flynn was asked to contact the Russians as part of his job, not as part of as part of his job. You almost got to say it sarcastically because these liberals are so dopey sometimes. They fall for every <laughs> trick in the book. I believe it was a canary trap. So last week, what did we have? We had a whole bunch of stories break that were false again. A whole bunch of Don, uh, Donald Trump fake news. Donald Trump's, we had co-signers on the loans. Uh, they're Russian oligarchs co-signing Donald Trump's business loans at Deutsche Bank. Eh, false. Verdict is in. False. The ruling oh. on the field. The play does not stand. <laughs> it was false. It was, again, I believe, another canary trap. Now, I'm not suggesting these stories are related but I think we may have had a victim of another canary trap. Look at this Axios story about uh, Madeline Westerhout. Trump personal assistant, Madeline Westerhout, abruptly resigns. Um, she sat right outside the Oval Office in an office I'm familiar with from my prior line of work. Um, I met Madeline. I don't know her personally. I'm not here to bash her or anything else. But apparently, Miss Westerhout, according to the media reports, was releasing information about the president and his family that somehow got back to uh, Phil Rucker, I think it was, the Washington Post, who leaked. And, uh, and by the way, don't ever talk to the media, folks. I'm just telling you. As a, the, not that what she did was, was right, but she supposedly had an off-the-record conversation, which this guy oh. then made on the record by himself. Yeah. And again, I'm not suggesting she's right. Please don't at all. I'm just telling you, don't, just don't talk to the media. Yes. Paula, <laughs> Paula, I'm not lying, right? Like, we have a general policy. We just don't talk to them. Unless it's like a, such a horrible, horrible thing. Like, someone called me once about this lunatic guy that they want to And I'm like, no, no, no. Don't do it. You're going to create a dangerous situation. I just don't talk to them. Because you can't trust them at all. But... 
I got that email a lot this weekend uh, from people saying, do you think this was part of the canary trap? Could be. I believe the information that was leaked to her may have been total BS in an effort to see where it went. And the information was supposedly, you know, Donald Trump doesn't want to be photographed with his daughter, Tiffany. Um, uh, Folks, listen, I I know the, I don't want to say, I I know the president, we're not best buddies. Well, I don't want to make, we're not drinking buddies or golf buddies, but I spent enough time around them. That's, I could tell you with a hundred percent certainty. 100%. 100%. I'm not even going to say how I know it, that that story is complete poppycock. It's made up. It's total fake news. And I'm not so sure that wasn't leaked to her to get her to say it to, to Canary Trap her out. So I'm, I'm just throwing that out there, folks. Be careful. If you're a leaker on the inside, you are going to get caught eventually. They're not. Sometimes what you think you have is not what you really have. And really, shame on the Washington Post. Don't don't talk to these people ever. You're making a huge, huge mistake talking to these people if you're like some insider who thinks they've got the inside baseball. All right, I'm going to take another quick break for the sponsor. The last sponsor day, and I'm going to fire through on this Flynn stuff, and I've got some... I got to debunk some liberal fake news. They're trying to make you to believe the world. The liberals want you to believe that the world is ending, that there's the farm productions finished show, food production, where dust bowl oh. conditions all around the world. Oh. I got to debunk that too <laughs> yeah. on a Monday. So let's take a quick break for this sponsor. DraftKings, DraftKings, it's time to celebrate football. I know many of you are big football fans. Is finally back. And DraftKings is the leader in one-day fantasy football. They had huge, huge, huge week one contest coming up. The first one starts this Thursday night when Chicago and Green Bay kick off the season. A single game showdown with $2.5 million in total prizes up for grabs. I know a lot of you like fantasy football. DraftKings for you. Draft your single game showdown lineup and feel the sweat like never before. It's simple. Just draft six players from the season opener. Stay under the salary cap. See how your team stacks up against the competition. Plus, new users who sign up today on DraftKings using code Bongino will receive a free shot at the $1 million top prize. Nothing adds to the sweat of watching the game quite like having a shot at a million-dollar payday. Get in on the season opener action. Download the DraftKings apps now. The DraftKings app. DraftKings app now, excuse me, and use code Bongino for a limited time. Both new and existing users can get a deposit bonus up to $500. And new users don't miss this extra special week one bonus. Enter my code Bongino to get a free shot at $1 million with your first deposit. That's code Bongino only at DraftKings. Make it rain. Make it rain. Minimum $5 deposit required. Deposit bonus requires a 25 times playthrough. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Go download the app DraftKings. Don't forget it. Use promo code Bongino. Go check that out. Okay. So uh, this one. Ah, This Flynn case, man. This Mike Flynn case has taken more turns. So let me just uh, give you a bottom line up front. Sidney Powell is Mike Flynn, former national security advisor referenced before mm-hmm. is his new lawyer. And she is just, um, she's just been great. She's been a beast. And I mean that a couple in a, a laudatory way. Uh, she's just been incredible. So Flynn uh, Powell on behalf of Flynn just filed a motion in court. I want to put this up uh, the court motion first. So you know what's going on. This is her August 30th motion against court. Flynn, as you know, is being prosecuted for false statements to federal agents. She is uh, in her court file. I'm going to read to you the second portion of this. She says, 
She's talking about the government prosecution. I'm going to read it and I'm going to explain to you what this means and why this is so devastating. They, she's talking about the prosecution, the government, affirmatively suppressed evidence. In other words, hiding Brady material that destroyed the credibility of their primary witness, impugned their entire case against Mike Flynn, while at the same time putting excruciating pressure on him to enter his guilty plea and manipulating or controlling the press to their advantage to extort that plea. They continued to hide that exculpatory information for months in direct contravention of this court's order, and they continue to suppress exculpatory information to this day. Oh, boy. Oh, not good. This is bad. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, this is one of my beefs with journalists, especially journalists who are really activists and not journalists who cover cases like this in Spygate have never been on the inside and really don't understand the mechanics of what this means. Having been a former federal agent, I have seen this and people, prosecutors like Andy McCarthy have written about this. Folks, this is devastating. She's talking about Brady material. In other words, Flynn's lawyer is saying the government who prosecuted Flynn as information indicating he could be innocent, they failed to disclose. That may sound like a small thing. Trust me, it's not. When you are a federal agent, the failure to disclose Brady material, indications of a, of a, of a subject's innocence, is a, you understand it's a career ender? Listen, the feds listening to the show and the cops, you know what I'm saying is true. If you are in possession of legitimate material indicating the male or female subject to your case is innocent of the crime, you're swearing under oath in affidavits and otherwise there's probable cause they committed. You are in a world of trouble. I cannot emphasize to you enough how serious this is. This is the equivalent of being a bank teller and taking a 10% cut of every transaction for yourself. You'd be fired and arrested the next day. Now, you probably won't be arrested for Brady material, but you will never, ever be allowed to testify in a court case again. It is literally a career ender. Your career as you know it, not figuratively, will be over. It will never be the same again if you are caught doing this. Powell, you can see in this Epic Times piece, Flynn's new lawyer, is making a very serious allegation here that they're hiding evidence that Flynn is not guilty. Ivan Penchikov has a piece up. It'll be in the show notes. It's very good. Flynn accuses prosecutors of hiding exculpatory evidence and demands they be removed. Now, from the piece... Inside the Epic Times piece, there's a couple of nuggets in here. I want to explain to you where I think they're going and why the government. So just to be clear on what the government did. The government prosecuting Flynn has transcripts of Mike Flynn's conversation with the Russians. That's the bedrock of this whole case. Remember that, Joe? The FBI is simply alleging that Mike Flynn spoke to the Russian ambassador on a call and that Mike Flynn told the FBI the contents of that call were different than what they actually were. But the transcript seems to be the transcripts. Why why don't we have the transcripts yet? They want to produce summaries, the government. I'm going to get to why that's a disaster, and we shouldn't accept any of that in a second from a prior case. Some of you may remember, but from the Epic Times piece, I want you to check this out. Among the exculpatory evidence, meaning Brady material, evidence that may indicate that Flynn is innocent, Powell, Flynn's lawyer, believes the defense team may be concealing FBI notes memorializing the interviews between FBI agent Joe Pianca and senior DOJ official Bruce Orr. Powell, again, Flynn's lawyer, points out that the prosecutors in Flynn's case worked with Orr in 2016 and 2017. What does that mean? What, why, why, why would anybody care? Well, what, is, what does that mean right there? What do I always tell you? 
Remember the names. Remember the names. Remember the names. Always remember the names. If you're reading that and you're seeing the name Joe Pianca creep up, you're probably like, where have I heard that name before? Why would Sidney Powell, Mike Flynn's lawyer, want conversations between FBI agent Joe Pianca and Bruce Orr? Remember what Joe Pianca was doing. Joe Pianca was the designated handler for Bruce Orr from the Department of Justice, who was still in communication with Steele. After Steele's fired by the FBI, fired by the FBI. So follow me here. Christopher Steele, dossier guy, fired by the FBI for leaking to the media. Mm -hmm. The FBI brings him back in, but can't use him directly. So they have him talk to the Department of Justice first to launder the information in Bruce Orr. Mm -hmm. They then assign an FBI agent, Pianca, to go get the information from Orr he's getting from Steele, despite the fact that Steele's been fired already. Kind of a problem, no? But where else does Joe Pianca figure big time in this investigation? Joe Pianca is the agent that goes to the White House during the uh, during the um, the initial days of the Trump administration and interviews Mike Flynn. Pianca's the same guy. Why would the FBI be hiding Pianca and Orr's conversations? Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to throw out the possibility to you, which would be catastrophically bad for the Department of Justice. That maybe in those notes about Pianca and Orr's conversation about what Steele's saying, because remember, they got to launder it through Orr now because Steele's already been fired. Did Orr possibly ask Steele about Mike Flynn or Mike Flynn's role in this? And did Steele, who they're claiming is a reputable source, even though he's been fired, so reputable they're still using him, even though his information has been discredited. Do you think it's possible Steele may have debunked the entire theory? He may have said, Hmm. ah, Flynn's story. Folks, God forbid something like that's in there. You see where I'm going with this, right? You can't have it on one hand that Steele's your credible source for the dossier you're swearing is true. And then on the other hand, Steele gives information about Flynn or something that indicates Flynn may be innocent, and you leave that out. Hmm. Do you understand why in law enforcement how unethical this is and immoral? If I'm investigating my neighbor for a drug deal and I'm a cop, and I find out from the other neighbor that it's all a big setup and my neighbor's innocent, and then I don't disclose that? Ladies and gentlemen, that's a huge deal. Now, you may say, well, you know, they gave them summaries of these things, and even though we don't have the notes of Pianca and Orr, and we don't have the transcripts directly of Flynn's conversation with the Russians that the government's alleging they're lying about, oh, the summaries are good enough. Are they? Eh, Wrong. Remember this Washington Times piece by Rowan Scarborough? We just covered this. What is it? uh, Two, three weeks ago? No, two weeks ago. August 14th. Mm -hmm. Exclusive. Rowan Scarborough. Probe clears pro-Trump Pentagon analysts. Report withheld from defense team. Oh, really? Let me give you a little background on this case. So remember what we're talking about here. We're talking about federal agents you pay in a free constitutional republic who have information that may indicate one of their subjects is innocent, and they're refusing to turn it over to the lawyers on the defense team for Flynn. And they're saying, oh, we'll just give you summaries. Well, in this case, this was the case of a Pentagon whistleblower named Adam Lovinger. It was the guy who who we believe outed the contract with Stephen Halper, the spy in the case. But you don't need Hmm. to. That part's a little complicated. We covered that in that show. You don't need to know that. now. But this guy has come up on the Spygate folks research screen. Because Lovinger's a Pentagon whistleblower who said, hey, the guy who spied for the government, Halper, on the Trump team, we had big contracts with him. 
He was then suspiciously investigated despite being a whistleblower, I believe, to shut him up. During that investigation, Joe, a key critical piece of information came up in a summary. I want you to read this from the Rowan Scarborough. But this is hmm. why we want the transcripts. I don't want your summaries. We don't trust you anymore. Sorry, from the Rowan Scarborough piece. So they turn over a summary of an NCIS analysis of what Adam Lovinger did, calling him basically a criminal leaker. <laughs> Here we go from the report. The NCIS report said an analysis of the hard drive of Mr. Lovinger, the whistleblower's U.S. government Dell computer, quote, listen to the quote, did not yield any classified or sensitive information. In other words, Lovinger was a whistleblower, did not leak classified or sensitive information. But that's not what the defense team got. Listen to this the second paragraph here. In the declassified version of the report, Joe, the word not is missing. <laughs> An NCIS spokesman told the Times on Wednesday that the file copy is being corrected to add the word not. Oh, gee, thanks. <laughs> gee. So the guy did not leak classified information, but in the summary, it says did leak classified information. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> oh, yeah. It changes the whole meaning of the sure. sentence. The whole meaning of this. You know, it, it reminds me of this. If I may just give a personal story. Paul and I celebrate our anniversary this week. We went down to a restaurant, Evo. We really love down here. It was empty. It's like the most, one of the most popular restaurants around because of the hurricane. It's like, it's destroying businesses mm -hmm. down here. This hurricane has been a major disaster. But I wrote on my Facebook, if you want to check it, I put a picture of me and Paula, the lovely Paula. Um, I said, uh, Paula and me, comma, celebrating our anniversary at Evo or whatever. So I get the grammar police come out and they're wrong. This is what drives me crazy. I just, so it's Paula and I. No, it is not. It is not Paula and I. If you take Paula out of the sentence, the sentence would read entirely incorrectly. I, comma, <laughs> celebrating my, it's not, it would be me celebrating my anniversary. And this lady is going right. back and forth with me on Facebook. I'm an English, but you're, you are wrong. I am sorry. I had to send her the I versus me. You are not right. Mm. You are not right. If I would have, if, if it said Paula and me were celebrating it, then it would be Paula and I were celebrating our anniversary. Because if you take Paula out, it would read, I was celebrating my anniversary. That is not right. Stop correcting me. When you're wrong, it's embarrassing. And then she, the lady got all offended. She Keep in mind, she reaches out to me to incorrectly correct my grammar. And me. then she goes, I object to the tone of your response. I'm not tone. You're wrong. I'm sorry. You reached out to me. <laughs> my, It's your fault, not mine. I wasn't was mean. Only trying I just to said, help. you're wrong. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I said, I just don't want you to make the same mistake. She didn't like that at all. Oh, man. Oh, man. I hear you. So, folks, yeah. bottom line on this story, that's a big grammar mistake. He did not leak classified information <laughs> to he did leak is kind of a big deal. And that's why I'm saying with Flynn to tie this story, because I had a lot more to get to. Get the transcript. I'm not interested in your summary of the transcript. I, I can see it now. Um, here's here's Struck. Struck hands over the summary. Uh, to the here you go, Powell. Peter Struck, uh, you know, a corrupted FBI uh, investigator in the Trump. Here, uh, here it says Mike Flynn did cooperate with the Russians. This is our summary of the report. And then they reading the initial report there. Uh, Mike Flynn did not cooperate. You missed not. You missed the knot in there. There's a knot. I don't mean a tie knot with a K. I mean like the knot. That's kind of a big deal. No, get the transcripts. Get mm. the transcripts.
It's not like this hasn't happened just two weeks ago with a different case. Lovinger, get the transcripts. I'm sorry. I'm done trusting people, folks, after that Comey debacle last week. Quick note before we move on. I got a lot, and I mean a lot, of feedback on Friday's show. It was not a lecture, folks. I don't lecture my own audience. You are a lot smarter, many of you, than I am. Okay, I have different life experiences. It was simply a warning not to give up on Trump. I will say this. The email was overwhelmingly positive. I don't say that to kind of dissuade people from sending negative emails. Probably 99% positive. But I did get some emails from people who didn't like Friday's show, didn't like the tone of it. Fair enough. I put my email out there. I read it. I responded to some positive, some negative. Um, I couldn't respond to all of them. Um, but again, I'm, I'm here for the truth. It matters. And the show was not meant to be anything other than a call to action to get us all ready for the fight ahead. I just don't want anybody to give up. Um, that's it. If you took it the wrong way, my sincere apology. It's not how I meant it. Um, but, you know, I get it. I get how some people. But Friday's show was an emotional one. It did bonkers numbers for us. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I did get a lot of positive and some negative feedback. So check it out. It was about Comey and how I had received some emails from people who literally said, I'm giving up. I mean, I'm, that's what I was responding to. Don't. Don't. There's no giving up. We're in this fight for the long run. We got an election coming up. There's no time for giving up. But I did want to address that. I should have addressed it in the beginning of the show. Okay. No giving up on Flynn either. He needs our help. And good for Sidney Powell for fighting back. Okay. Uh, this, you know, I, I, I wake up every morning and my goal in life is to correct liberal nonsense that pervades its way through the sphere of influence out there. So I read the Wall Street Journal this morning and I had seen this last week bumping around uh, Twitter. Oh, there's this report out there. We're all dying, Joe. The farms are dying. It's going to mm-hmm. be the dust bowl. Grapes of wrath. It's over. Forget oh. it. Uh, the, the world is, is, is turning into a barren uh, desert. So Wall Street Journal today, a famine of fact at the UN climate panel by James Taylor, August 30th, 2019. The IPC, that's the uh, climate change panel, sounds an alarm about food production. But another UN agency's data show it's a false alarm. So just to be clear, this has been going around. The liberals are using this talking point again. You may hear it. You may see it come up in a debate. There was this report delivered by the UN IPC, their climate change panel, suggesting that food production, Joe, is going down. We're in trouble. In other words, we're all going to die. You're going to starve to death. (laughs) Every one of you. Is gonna and now, Joe. What do you think the reason is? Of course, it's the reason for everything. Climate oh, change. It's gotta climate, be climate yeah, change. Yeah. Climate change is the reason for it. Yeah. Climate change is the reason for no storms. Uh-huh. Climate change is the reason for a lot of storms. Climate yeah. change is the reason for powerful storms. It's yeah. the reason for the existence of no the temperatures increasing. It's the reason for temperatures decreasing. <laughs> the central tenet of a conspiracy theory, Joe, is it is non-debunkable, right? Yeah. Now, when you said the when it was global warming and the globe was actually level in temperature, they said, "Well, that's climate change." When we didn't have a hurricane in um, in Florida, which we didn't for I think it was eleven years between landfalls of a hurricane, that was climate change. Oh, now yeah. that we've had hurricanes four out of the last four years, that's mm-hmm. climate change too. In other oh, words, okay. it's a non-debunkable. It is the hallmark of a conspiracy theory. Yeah. When people want to tell you a conspiracy theory that whatever. Uh, I, I mean, think of what, think of a conspiracy theory that's been debunked 62 different ways from Sunday. When you try to use logic with those people, I can name a few. 
They email me back with another theory about why the theory, it's non-debunkable. <laughs> so the, U, the UN themselves is putting out a conspiracy theory that we're all going to die and that the earth is becoming a de- barren desert without food production. Well, here's another line from the Wall Street Journal piece from a separate, this is the same UN, folks, just a different panel. Mm. At the same time, the UN Food and Agriculture Organization reports that new records, wait, wait, hold on. New record, new records. They're not talking about records like vinyl. New records were set for global corn, wheat, hmm. and rice production five years running through 2017, which is the most recent year for data is available. How is that possible? It's not. But they're lying to you again. They're making up a story. This is not a barren wasteland. The existence of this hurricane, which, and by the way, don't send me stupid emails if you're liberals about this stuff. I'm living through this, okay? You're not. I love it. I live down here in Florida. It's big boy rules. I said to Joe and my father who called me before the show, we bought a place knowing the risks. I don't want the taxpayers subsidizing my risk and my appetite. I bought it. My problem. It's my problem to deal with. Our neighbors band together. We'll get it done. Big boy rules. And I get that. But don't lie to me. Pee on my leg and tell me it's raining. I saw a report this weekend. Matter of fact, Paula, you may smile at this one. Someone told me, well, these storms are more powerful because the ocean is warmer now because of climate change. So I looked it up. That's (sighs) not true either. Global temperatures have not gone up at all recently. It's entirely inaccurate. It's just not true. You know why we get hurricanes? Because we've always gotten hurricanes. Because that's how the environment uh, redistributes heat around the globe. Storms and hurricanes. It's just not true. Their storms are not more powerful because the globe is heating up. It's just not true. We didn't have a hurricane here for 11 years. It's so hot there were no storms. The globe is not dying. We are not going to starve to death because we live in a barren wasteland. The data shows the exact opposite is true. Wheat, corn, rice, up. As I said, everything in the screen is backwards. Mm. I'm actually pointing uh, in the wrong direction here because everything's inverted. When I try to point to Joe, I got he's actually this way on my yeah. screen, but he's not that way. He's there. That's not the case with up. Up is always up on the show. Global wheat and corn and rice production, up, up, not down, up. But they don't do data. So when your friends tell you that hurricanes are worse because the ocean waters are hotter, that is not what the data said. You just made that up. That's not true. And secondly, we're all going to starve. We're turning into a barren wasteland due to climate change. That is not true either. Food production up, up this way. Some may freeze Uh. to death. (laughs) That's good. That was... Birdie drops never go out of style, ever. The verdict is in. Nice drop, Joe Arbuckle. Someone told me, by the way, I I always love audience feedback because we always break down the fourth wall. And this show's just different. I'm just, and I I, I let some of it I take to heart. Some of it I, you know, we have, I have a general rule. If I don't get 20 emails about something, they're not really upset about it because we get a lot. So, you know, I don't want to. But someone said, don't acknowledge the drops. They're funnier when you don't acknowledge them. (laughs) I don't know they're coming. It's not planned. I'm like you. You have to understand with the drops once in a while. And Joe doesn't like, you know, he's fair. He doesn't like abuse or anything. But when Joe puts the drops in, folks, please understand. I have no idea. When you're at a radio station, right? 
and you're looking at your producer like when I worked at WMAL, I can uh-huh. see when he's going to do a drop so you get ready. I, I turn into an audience member when Joe does that. I, I, I'm i laughing, too, because it's funny. That was great. I didn't know that was coming. Nice Thank job. Thank you, Daniel. I don't see what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Perfectly timed. All right. Uh, last story of the day. This is an important one. You know, when we first started doing this podcast, we did a lot of economics. And a lot of you listeners were like, hey, man, let's get back to some of that stuff. I really enjoyed it. I hope you do. I try to keep it simple. It's, you know, it's not econ talk like Russ Roberts' podcast, which is excellent, by the way. Uh, but I do try to bring about stories I think I can relate to the average man and woman out there. And folks, there's a story in the Hill I think you need to be really concerned about. It's called The End of the Dollar as We Know It. I have it in the show notes today at Bongito.com. You subscribe to my email list at the website. I'll email, to you, uh, email the stories to you. This is worth your time. Andy Langenkamp, an opinion contributor. It's very good. You know, it's a little bit apocalyptic. I don't want to panic anybody, especially with all this stuff going on. The hurricane, we had a shooting screen, but it's it's worth bringing up. The gist of the story is this, um, and I've explained this on this show before. For some of you who listen to my older shows, we were heavy on the economics. The dollar right now, ladies and gentlemen, is the world's reserve currency. What does that mean? Um, it basically means that it's it's a safety that we're the safety deposit box for the world. A lot of global transactions, because other economies and their currencies aren't stable and can fluctuate, the value goes up and down. The dollar stays relatively stable. Because of that, countries that deal with other countries and don't even deal with the United States, a lot of them say, you know, um, I don't want your currency. Mm-hmm. Follow me. So country A deals with country B. They're both of their currencies. Eh. Country A says to country B, I'll let you buy our stuff, but don't give us whatever your your scoots from country B. That's with the Secret Service. We called everything scoots, foreign currency. Don't give us your scoots. What you have to do, country B, is if you want to buy our stuff from us, country A, you have to change your scoots for U.S. dollars first and give us dollars. Why? Mm. Because a lot of these countries are so afraid that country B's currency is going to dip and go up and down that they're not going to get what they thought they got. In other words, if you give us 100 scoots on Monday, by Friday, it may be worth 75 scoots. That's a bit of a dramatic example, but you get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It may not be worth what it was worth on Monday. That's generally not a problem with the U.S. dollar because the U.S. economy is the strongest economy in the world. We are the global financial system in and of itself. Now, that's a very simplified explanation of what being the world's reserve currency means. Now, what's the benefit of that to us? The benefit of that to us is country B needs dollars. Why? Because it wants to buy country's A stuff and it can't do it with its scoots. Mm. It needs to buy dollars first. Well, when you need to buy dollars, what does that allow us to do? That allows the U.S., uh, our Federal Reserve, a quasi-independent, it's not independent at all half the time, but whatever. That allows our Federal Reserve, Joe, to print and print (laughs) and print and print. (laughs) Now, typically when countries print endless supplies of money, what do you get? You get inflation. Pretty simple, right? If 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 there's $100 in the U.S. economy slushing around to buy you know, $100 worth of product, and we print $10,000. Now you have $10,100 chasing the same 100 products. So what happens? The prices go up dramatically. Mm-hmm. Inflation's not hard. It's not hard to figure out. If you print more money to chase the same amount of products, then the products are going to cost more money, which means inflation prices go up. 
But Joe, why is inflation in the United States not gone up? Hmm. Because we're printing these U.S. dollars and all these countries around the world are scooping them up because mm -hmm. we are the world's reserve currency. What does that mean for us? And why would this be a problem? Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's a problem because it allows the United States to run up endless debt. It's not always a good thing. Uh, yeah. Why does it allow us to run up endless debt? Because countries that print endless amounts of their own money and have interest rates go through the roof because of uh -huh. inflation, because money starts to cost more, capital starts to cost more, prices go up, mm. interest rates go up. And all of a sudden, these countries are like, hey, we better stop printing money. We're going to have to pay off uh, these countries that are borrowing our, our, our currency at 20, 30 percent. Again, dramatizing the, the interest rate, but you get the point. Hold yeah. the presses. <laughs> yeah. Interest rates are going through the roof. That has not happened here because these countries are scooping it up, which allows the U.S. government endless amounts of debt. Now, you may say, well, that's a good thing. We're getting basically interest-free loans. Folks, when you're responsible with your money, it is a good thing. That's not what we're doing now. We're running up endless, endless amounts of debt. And if that reserve currency status collapses and that U.S., that demand for U.S. dollars from country A and country B that they have to trade their scoots out for to do business, if that demand evaporates, those U.S. dollars, are good. they're not going to get burned. They're going to come back here, and you are going to see inflation like you've never seen and interest rates through the roof. Now, uh, for, and I want to tie this to a separate story. All right, yeah. Another story I saw at Yahoo Finance. Check this one out. Showing you I'm not wrong. Yahoo Finance, again, in the show notes. August 31st, 2019, by Vincent Del Gadice, uh, Gidi, I'm Italian, I should know, and, and uh, Wei Lu. America's wealth hinges on its ability to borrow big or else. Yes, Yahoo Finance is right. I want you to look at the first piece of this. I'm going to connect these stories and say this is a big deal if they stop using our money. The first part of the Yahoo Finance piece. The nation's health, talking about the U.S., as measured by GDP per capita, would plunge into negative territory without its dependence on borrowed money, according to data compiled by Bloomberg. Listen to this. This should trouble all of you how much debt we're in. In fact, the U.S. would fall to the bottom of a ranking of 114 economies measured as GDP, growth per person. Only Italy, Greece, and Japan would fare worse than us. That's a seismic shift from America's comfortable number five spot on a list based on conventional measures. What does that mean? Folks, this dollar as the reserve currency enabling us to print endless amounts of money has also enabled us to borrow at low interest rates. If we factor in the amount of money we owe and the borrowing we've done into our wealth per person, what we're all worth, it's negative. Do you understand we would be, we go from the number five wealthiest per person country in the world to the bottom? Now, that doesn't, me of course, measure our accumulated wealth. I mean, we have different, we, there's other things here, and that's a relatively simplistic measure. But it should be a warning. Check out the second part of this. Now comes the tie-in. Again, these are two unrelated articles I picked out today from Drudge that there's a common theme to. Luckily for Americans, a debt-free economy is unlikely to happen anytime soon. Even with growing trade wars against China and others and the Trump administration's projected $1 trillion budget deficit in fiscal 2020, the U.S. debt market allows for ample liquidity and the U.S. dollar is considered the world's reserve currency. Huh? <laughs> Paula, we have a snippet from that Hill piece. 
Folks, if the reserve currency status dissipates, we are going to be in a world of economic pain. From that Hill piece before, here's the warning signs. The dollar is currently used by counterparties, country A or country B, in 80 to 90% of all currency transactions. There's the good news. The dollar comprises 62% of the global currency reserves, whereas the euro is in second with a meager 20%. 60% of international outstanding debt is priced in U.S. dollars. All good signs. But if you read the piece, ladies and gentlemen, you'll see that a lot of those metrics are going down, down, down. The point they make in the piece is a great one at the end of the Hill piece. Remember, we took over as the world's only superpower from the United Kingdom. Yet the pound continued on for a very long time as the world's reserve currency until it wasn't. Be very careful. There's a little economics. I know a lot of you missed that stuff. Folks, please tune in tomorrow. Um, Check us out on YouTube as well, youtube.com slash Bongino. The audio podcast, always available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeart, SoundCloud, and elsewhere. Um, I'll try to take some video outside of the hurricane. I'm not going to put my family in any danger, obviously, but I'll give you a look at what it looks like down here. So um, I'll try to get some on my phone. It's getting a little ominous down here, but we will be here for you tomorrow, either as audio or video. But as I said, regardless, there will be a YouTube show. We may have to just intersperse it with snippets of video. We are going to make it happen um, no matter what. So uh, I'll be there for you. You've always been there for me. Love you guys and ladies to death. Thank you. And, And one final note. Thank you. I mean, seriously, thank you to all the wonderful emails, Facebook, tweets, Instagram messages, wishing me and Paula well. We'll be all right. So uh, we have a good house here. And uh, thank you very much. You, you really are a fantastic audience. You've made my life so special. I can't even tell you. Thanks so much. I'll see you tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.